Welcome to Energy Efficiency Markets Podcast, where we provide news and analysis about energy efficiency, markets, and trends. This is Lisa Cote. Today's guest is Patty Durand, and she's Executive Director of the Smart Grid Consumer Collective. She's here to talk about a study about what's driving consumer decisions um, related to smart grids, smart meters, and all the associated products and services. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com. Hi, Patty. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Lisa. Just one minor, one minor correction. We're the Smart Grid Consumer Collaborative. Collaborative. Okay. That was probably some sort of uh, uh, automatic <laughs> spell check. Um, no worries. Um, all right. So I, I was just talking about how... Can you describe your study, first of all, and then we can talk about how, how maybe it was different from last year's? Sure. So what we released last week is our Consumer Voices project for 2015, and it is an attempt to bring to life what consumers want and what they think and what they know about the smart grid and energy technology. And when I say bring to life, I mean we interviewed a set, several dozen consumers, so a set of consumers in three cities across the United States in order to get geographic balance, mm -hmm. and we interviewed them on camera so that we could bring to life a report that we issued last March about those same consumers. But there's one thing when you read a report about what consumers say and what, and what they know. It's another thing entirely when you see them on a video saying those things and expressing how, how they feel and what their attitudes are about those things. Mm -hmm. specifically energy technology. So that's this project is an on-camera set of focus group interviews in, or IDIs, what we call people that do research call IDIs or in-depth interviews. And so we had hundreds of hours that we edited down to be meaningful video picture of consumers. Hmm. That's this project. Mm -hmm. So and now I think that in both last year and this year, you divided the consumers into certain categories, correct? Correct. Our research over the years, we've been doing this for six years now, basically shows that consumers have different attitudes and values about energy. Many people have many different attitudes and values, as you can imagine, but they fall into broad categories or buckets, what we call segments. So we have five segments of consumers or buckets of attitudes and values that we refreshed in 2015, I'm sorry, in 2014, last year. We refreshed those from what we first identified in 2011 because people change and things change, the industry's changed, energy technology has changed. So we refreshed those categories in 2014, and then this year we created um, the on-camera interviews to bring those new categories to life. And I can review those categories mm -hmm. for you if you like. Mm -hmm. So this okay. was the first year you did the on-camera interviews? We did, we did do another set of on-camera interviews, but it was in 2012, so it's been a few years. And those on-camera interviews were for the old segmentation framework that we did in 2011. And so we felt like that enough enough change has happened in the industry and with consumers' comfort with technology that it was time to refresh the data. Mm -hmm. 
So, all right, well, tell me about the categories, and maybe as you're discussing them, you could even say how they've changed. Sure. So um, the first category we have are green champions, and that is a similar category to the one that we identified in 2011. And obviously from the name, those are people that care a lot about the environment, that care about clean energy, that want to protect the environment, and um, are knowledgeable and concerned about climate change. Mm -hmm. And so that segment of people would be interested in programs that utilities offer around efficiency or renewables or in technology that third-party vendors might might offer like Nest thermostats and electric vehicles and so forth. Mm-hmm. So they're interested in ways to be um, sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then the second one are saving seekers, and that is a similar category to 20. Uh, our first 2011 segmentation framework too in this Mm -hmm. category of people don't care so much about the environment or sustainability but they do care a lot about reducing their spend on the bill and on how to save money Mm -hmm. so they'd be interested in technologies and programs around that Mm -hmm. and then we have the remaining three categories are new and so the next two categories um, well let me just start with status quo so status quo category tends to be an elderly, more conservative, um, not interested in technology type of group. Um, people in this category are telling us there's no problem with the energy with, or the environment. They don't want to see anything change, and there's no rush to make t- changes. They're not interested in programs. And the quote that we give them is, you can leave us alone, we're fine. Mm-hmm. as a good summary quote. Mm-hmm. And then the technology cautious group, they're also a new group and their um their their attitudes and values surround efficiency and saving money a little bit, but they're not sure how technology can help them. They don't really get the Nest thermostat, they don't really get online portals for data, they don't understand energy efficiency programming. They don't they could be engaged, but they have to be really given a bigger educational lift than what's occurred to date. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be hard to reach. Mm-hmm. And then the final group are what we call movers and shakers. And those are what you might call early adopters, although they're more than that. Um, they tend to have sophisticated ideas about how energy efficiency and technology can help them. They would like to have more options when it comes to energy. So this is the group that would leave their utility if they could. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are buying rooftop solar, that are looking at Nests and Teslas, that are going to Home Depot and Best Buy, looking for energy products, Mm -hmm. and playing around with new software and and apps on their phones around energy. Mm -hmm. So that's the five. And I misspoke earlier. The status quo group actually does track to a segment in our earlier framework. There was a segment in our earlier framework that said they didn't want anything to do with energy technology or smart grid. Which um, ones were but they? So the, the status the quo. Status yeah. quo. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, but the two, so the two real new ones are technology cautious and movers and shakers. Um, they fell out differently. Um, now tell me, how, in terms of percentages, how are they falling in, into these categories? Yeah, so... Um, in terms of percentages, let me just open that page here, jumping around a little bit. Okay. So for the green champions, we're showing about 
of consumers fall into that category. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that 30% of Americans are environmentalists. I once had someone question me at a conference stating that he thought that was ridiculous and that our data was bad, if that's what we were saying. So I want to emphasize that that's not what we're saying. Um, we're saying that consumers answer questions, about 30% of consumers across the U.S. answer questions that they care about the environment, they care about climate change and renewables. That doesn't put them in the category of an activist, though. Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, I haven't clarified that our data has a 95% confidence interval with a 3 to 4% margin of error. Mm -hmm. And we get get those numbers by hiring professional polling firms, and Mm -hmm. they have to call, they reach out to over 1,000 U.S. residential consumers each time. We've since, we've started, we've spoken to over 7,000 consumers, but each 1,000 block of consumers does get a 95% confidence interval using polling and statistical modeling. Oh, you spoke to more so than 7,000? I thought you said, you originally said it was a couple dozen. Oh, no. The Okay, so the consumer voices is a couple dozen, mm-hmm. the on-camera interviews. But those people were screened to match the five-segmentation framework, and the five-segmentation framework is over 1,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have this to year talk you to that spoke, many. So you polled more than 7,000. This year we've we've polled over a thousand. We pull a thousand per wave, and we've done five waves. So each year we do a wave, and so for twenty so for twenty fourteen we did the wave five work, and then in twenty fifteen this year, well let's see, in twenty fourteen we did the wave five work. We did the analysis and published the report in March of this year, mm-hmm. of the the wave five consumer pulse and segmentation study work. And then just last week, we released the set of on-camera interviews to bring to life the five-segmentation framework. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you released the actual data in March? Yes. The actual data that backs up the segmentation framework and has the 95% confidence interval and the segmentation framework. And then over the summer... We spent that time preparing another set of interview questions and then screening consumers in the three geographical cities across the U.S. to fit the segmentation framework so that we could bring it to life with real consumers and not just be a report, a written report. Mm -hmm. So tell me, so what's the upshot in terms of, I think you said that 30% fall into the um, the one category, I think. Green champions. Green champions. Um, uh, Where do the others fall? So the saving seekers is the next biggest category at 20% of the U.S. population Mm -hmm. being categorized as a saving seeker. And then the next largest is the status quo at 18%. Mm -hmm. And then after that is technology cautious at 17%. And then the final category is movers and shakers, and they make up 15% of the U.S. population. And of course... Different regions would have different percentages, mm-hmm. although all five of these are in all parts of the country. For example, California and the Pacific Northwest might have more green champions than 30%, and 
the southeast region and parts of the Midwest might have more savings seekers and the northeast might have more movers and shakers. So each region or state would need to study their own population, but these categories exist in all parts of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So in your interviews, um, did you, your most recent interviews, did you learn anything new about these, about these people and these categories? Um, some of the work that came out that we found was particularly interesting was that across all five categories, there were two main values that consumers expressed. One is that regardless of which segment they would fall in, the interviews shared a belief in conservation and reducing energy use. Um, so most of them, most everyone will say, I believe in conserving electricity. I believe in reducing my energy use. I think it's good for the environment. I think it's good for my bill. Mm-hmm. So um, even the, and I say that was a little surprising, is that even the status quo are saying that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that new? And then the other... Is that different than it um, Yeah, it, it is different. The other one, the, the other status quo, or the earlier group, which we didn't call it that. I can't remember what we called it. It's been several years ago. They were more. They were more of the attitude that there, there's no, there's no issue here. Mm-hmm. Stop bothering me. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get involved in, on any level in any of this. Um, even so, in this case, even the status quo folks said. Um, I believe in conservation and reducing mm-hmm. energy. Even the ones who yeah. said nothing needs to be changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when you explore further, what we find is that almost everyone thinks they're doing everything they can mm-hmm. to reduce energy use already. Mm-hmm. And and while we might not think that, they think that. Mm-hmm. So And so there's a, there's a disconnect there between the utility and, and individual mm-hmm. consumers. Um, um, so, so what's the takeaway for people who are trying to um, convince consumers to, you know, buy Nest thermostats and take more action? Uh, what's your advice? I think the key takeaway would be to understand that consumers have different attitudes and values and to segment them find out what those are through typical segmentation and research methodology mm-hmm. and then approach them according to the things they care about instead of the things that you or we care about. Mm-hmm. So um, if we have a goal of increasing energy efficiency, then we would segment the consumers according to their values and then approach them according to, if it's a green champion, energy efficiency program will protect the environment. If it's a saving seeker, the energy efficiency program that I want you to enroll in will save you money. If it's a technology cautious, then there'd be need to be a little bit more education involved. Mm-hmm. And if it's a mover and shaker, then you would approach them according to the technology mm-hmm. that that the energy efficiency program offers. And for the technology, I'm sorry, for the status quo, um, I would recommend not approaching them and because they aren't interested and won't enroll and you'll waste marketing dollars mm-hmm. and maybe even irritate them. Mm-hmm. You're saying I'm the status quo, folks? Yeah, yeah. It's typical marketing 101, which is to understand who your, who your customers are mm-hmm. and then approach them for the things they care about. Mm-hmm. 
it's just never been something the utilities industry has had to do because utilities have passed just had kilowatt hours to sell and electrons to push through lines, whereas now um, things have changed so much with the digitization of the grid and consumer comfort with technology increasing substantially over the last couple of decades because of iPhones and Nests and all the technology that we use all every day in our work and our lives. So we're seeing a lot more embrace of technology, a lot more comfort from iterative technology like iPhones 4 and then iPhones 5 and now iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. Same with galaxies. And so utilities now have to care about what consumers think and what they want. And they are, but by vast numbers, many utilities are doing a lot of work in this space around engaging with consumers, understanding them. My own utility in the city I live in Atlanta, Georgia Power, is now offering Nest thermostats Mm -hmm. for consumers who sign up for certain rate plans. Mm -hmm. And so all over the country, that's the case, where utilities and their partners are working to understand and engage consumers. And that's the research that we do, which is to try to help everyone in industry, all stakeholders, consumer advocates too, energy efficiency and environmental nonprofits too, understand consumers, mm-hmm. um, what they want. Right. Um, well, really interesting. So it's really the, the, the issue is understand them, but also it sounds like there's a subtle shift, or maybe it's a big shift, um, towards technology on the part of more consumers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not only on the part of consumers, but also on the part of the utility industry, mm-hmm. which is similar to most other industries like music and publishing, mm-hmm. where um, consumers have migrated to digital platforms. Mm-hmm. And so one of the neat things that many utilities are doing when they've migrated to digital platforms is better communications with consumers around things they care about. So, for instance, if the power is out, you can get a text from your utility that the power is out so you don't have to go home or send your kids home the end of the day to a dark house. Mm-hmm. You can, and, and the text will include time estimates so you can decide, is it out the whole afternoon and I need to go somewhere else, is it, or is it out for five minutes and I just need to sit tight? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but some of the digital platforms that utilities are launching include budget alerts so that you can be notified if your bill is above the amount you normally pay and Mm -hmm. don't like ugly surprises or bill shock. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of things that utilities are doing to help consumers become more engaged and informed. Mm -hmm. But there's still other steps to take. So mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like it's all done, but it's a whole—it's the beginning of a whole new resolu- revolution. So it's really exciting. It's a really exciting time in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, obviously they got to work on educating some of the, uh, at least the technology fearful types. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. Very, very interesting. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Okay. Bye bye now. Bye. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com.